Hey, folks, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett. That's right. That's J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. That's Double J, Jeff Jarrett, the world's greatest singer, the world's greatest entertainer, and now the world's greatest podcaster. Ha <laughs> ha. Just kidding. Hey, tune in, or you're listening to, or if you haven't subscribed, go right now and subscribe. SLTD Roundtable, the podcast. You got to tune in. These guys are great. They're greater than great, but they ain't as great as Double J. Ain't we great? Hi guys, welcome to another SLTV Wrestling Roundtable podcast. We are here as always. Um, with our core members. Uh, today we are doing part two of our SLTD20. This is just like the PWI 500, except there's only 20, there isn't 500, because we'd be here all week. So um, we've already done our 20 to, to 11. Um, so if you haven't already listened to that one, you should go back and listen, especially to number 11. That was an absolute bombshell. Um so, yeah, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but um, Adam loses his shit, I'll be honest. That's, that's all you get. Um, I will go through who was in our 22-11 in a minute, so you just to, to run down to see who got there. But um, the episode is definitely worth a listen, as I say, just for, just for the ending, because someone's irate, we'll say. Um, I'm going to throw it around the table. Um, real quick to see who's here and what's going on. Um, Adam, you okay? No. <laughs> I've not spoken to these two for a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, I can't believe how the last episode ended. Um, I thought it was going to be much more civil than that. <laughs> this one sounds like it's going to be much more civil than the other one. But, well, you know, I think we might Bye. argue on positions. By the process of elimination, I think you've kind of worked out that certain people are doing okay. Uh, yeah. Callum, you're okay? Yeah, I'm good. I enjoyed part one. Um, first podcast released in the new year. And I assume Ty's New Year's resolution is going to be to watch more Christian Cage matches Definitely. in the year of 2022. But I worry that if we were doing a PWI style 500, God, Christian Cage may have been what? 502 in your list. <laughs> probably. It probably would be even 506, something like that. Um, right. So um, I'm going to go through 10. Uh, I'm going to go through 20 to 11 just to catch everyone up. Right. Um, so the way it works is if you didn't watch the, uh, if you didn't uh, listen to the last one, I'm just going to explain the rules. So we've uh, picked 20 wrestlers from. Um, WWE or AEW, we can't streamline it that way because we all have watched more of those promotions than anywhere else. Uh, so we give everybody a fair chance, basically. Um, we picked our top 20 and then the ended up with, uh, we had the point scheme and whoever fell into these points um, and then we ranked them as, you know, so if somebody appeared three times on, um, once on each of our lists and so they appeared three times, they'd move quite high up the list. If they only appeared on one person's list, um, then they would be quite high on the list. So that's the, that's how it kind of works. Um, so, number 20, we had Chris Jericho. Number 19, we had uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Number 18, we ended up with three people. We had uh, Hangman Page, John Moxley, and Rhea Ripley. Number 17, we had Lucha Brothers. Number 16, we had Miro and Ra- Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, number 15, we had RK Bro and Sammy Guevara. Number 14, which is still under a little bit of, of dispute, is uh, 14, is Edge. Um, 13, we had Seth Rollins, Young Bucks and Finn Balor. Uh, number 12, we had Darby Allen, And number 11, we had Adams, number two. Number two. Hi, hi there. Number two, Christian Cage. Number two, and I stand by it. 
I mean, this is the Nicky Bella thing all over again, isn't it? <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, Adam is willing to die on this hill, and I was also that Nicky Bella should be in the uh, all-time best women's wrestlers. Oh, there he is. Look, there's Christian. Signed. Oh. Signed. That's signed, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I met him twice. He's a lovely man. Oh, look at that. Good old Jay. Yeah. No. <laughs> Good old Jay. Ask now me where I, feel... I was from and everything. Now I feel bad. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I just get to go to that Nottingham show to go to Manchester. Now he's your mate. I feel bad. No. Yeah. No, I can't wait for AW coming to, to the UK next month, <laughs> hopefully this year. And Adam there in the crowd just says, my number two favourite wrestler. <laughs> I'm going <gonna, I'm> <laughs> to start a whole campaign so that when they come over, they can't <laughs> not give me backstage passes just okay. to meet him. That makes sense. I can't not be there as the guest of Jay Russo. And you have a um, you have a sign saying um, you're my second favorite wrestler, and I'll say you're not even in my top twenty. <laughs> I say you're my number two, and then you can just have a <laughs> shit emoji. <laughs> shit emoji. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's get into this. Number ten. Right, only appears on mine and Callum's list. Good. Um, okay. Um, number ten is the Usos. Um, oh, yeah. I think I think that's a revenge for Christian. I think that's an instant well, revenge. But I I didn't put the Usos. I just put Jay. But okay. obviously they're gonna get clubbed together. Um, no Usos, man. What's up with that? Seriously. No. I, well. I think between the two of you, I could probably go for Callum's Usos. You putting Jay on his own, no. Main event Jay Uso. But that was title. last. That was the year before. Not 2020. I mean, it's still yeah, like... What? <laughs> when did Christian win the Impact World title? When did he win, you know, everything else that he won? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff it. Stuff it. <laughs> I think you put the wrong Jay down, Ty. Okay. He did. <laughs> I put the yeah, wrong Jay down. Yes. Jay Uso is still killing it, man. Like, tag team champs. Like, doing his thing. Oos. Love and life. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the pair of them are still still banging. Bloodline, keeping it going. You know what I mean? Keeping brains on the top. Doing the thing. How can you not... How can you not have the Usos? How can you, like... Because they're having good matches... But to me, there's no change in their character. There's no kind of difference to them. There's no evolution of who they were to where they are now. And to me, nothing's changed. And I think everyone else who's been in my list has had some kind of change to them. Yeah, Christian Cage went back to 2005. No, he didn't. But then even if he did, right? Shaving 15 years off his career, isn't he? Look at him. <laughs> Still be around forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, why do you shows, um, Callum? They've been part of the most dominant thing on SmackDown for that whole year. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Jimmy only returned from injury on the 7th of May. All right. So, Jay primarily, and then Jimmy when he returned. Jay, there been... you go. Main event, Jay, you shall be in the main event. Yeah. Yeah. That. Been I mean, part he was in the corner of the main event for WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were part, they were part the of the strongest event? faction and the strongest superstar in that <laughs> So year. was Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Paul okay, Heyman won so Christian too. All I'm saying is that although he was in the corner of the main event, where was everybody else on the roster? Oh, to be fair to be fair to you, and I think everyone's forgotten about this because it wasn't actually on WrestleMania, J won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. There you go. That's enough for me. So I'll, I'll give you that. That's enough for me. See, Calum said, <laughs> did he? Calum doesn't even remember. Who did I? So I read <laughs> did it. Did he? Did he? <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think these um, shows are the best tag team on SmackDown. They're really almost the only tag team on SmackDown. Well, that makes them the best. All right. By a country mile. Yeah. There you go. Okay, um, I think Adam has worked out who number nine is on his own. I'll be honest, because number nine also only appears on Callum's and my list. Do you want to hazard a guess, Adam, as who this might be? I'm going to assume that you've gone Becky over Charlotte. You're going to hope. Yeah. Okay. Our number nine is 
a concert with Jerome needs a needs an effect. <laughs> yeah. It's Becky Lynch. Where did you put Becky on your list? Um Becky was quite high on mine. I'm gonna say. Um Becky. Well, actually, Becky was really you're not gonna like this. No, Becky I'm not. was number three, number three on mine. Three? Yeah, three, yeah. Christ yeah. She was 15 on my list just wow, because of, right. like, Callum, just because of the that. time that she returned. And I will take returned, that. Thank you, Callum. She returned in August. No worry, Adam. I'm back on your good books. I get a Thank gold you. star from Mr. Farrand. Um, <laughs> just wait till the next theme quiz, you two, honestly. Yeah. It's going to be all, all of Christian's themes ever. <laughs> but hey, I think Becky... My child has told you to let me win. All right. Calm down. All right. Go on, sorry, I thought you were hosting it. Uh, no, I'm not, um, never that. Never that. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Becky returned at SummerSlam and has only really had three or four months back. So I couldn't rank her any higher than I'd ranked an Edge or even a, my, my, my pal Rollins. Um, I just think that her being back has, you know, once again, seemingly elevated that woman's roster, which was desperately needing her for yeah. almost basically since the time she went away. But I couldn't put her any higher because she's only been around for a, such a short space of time. But in that space of time, her presence has been felt again. Yeah, I think the thing about Becky, I, I wanted to have, I knew me one or two where we've said this before, um, and then number three, I wanted to have a woman. And I thought mm. the most, who's the most dominant woman of the year and who stood out the most? And I think that's Becky. Like, even though she's only been back a few months, she's come back as the man and then mm. everyone was loving it. And then she beat Bianca. And turned heel, and everyone's love it. Sorry, I yawned again. I'm boring myself talking about Becky. <clears throat> Sorry. You know when you um, didn't yawn when I mentioned Christian. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna stop now because it's just gonna get tedious. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's been the most dominant, even though she hasn't been there, changing the whole the whole idea of big time Bex and uh, becoming that heel and. She could have came in as the biggest baby face and continued to be the biggest baby face on the women's roster. Um, and she decided to switch it up. And um, yeah, I just think like her being back has changed that division. I'll be honest with you. I really do mm. feel like it's 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 just better with it in it. Um, so yeah, I think it's hard to argue. But why why have you just Completely bailed her, Adam. Because she only came back in at SummerSlam. So, like Punk was my twenty, because he came back after eight years in September and yeah. had like good matches. Becky came back at SummerSlam, won the world title, and now is just doing the Becky thing. I'm like, for a year, no, wow. it's not enough. There, you're mean. You're mean. No, I'm not. You're you're a mean, mean <laughs> teacher. Right, anyway, wow. <laughs> anyway, number eight, right, so eight to one has appeared on all of our lists. Good. Okay, number eight is, everyone's favourite, Damien Priest. Hey, go. Hey, go on, Adam, you can do your love letter Where to Damien did you Priest put Damien Priest, Adam? Well, but this is the thing, I get the feeling that you two have put him higher than I have because he was 15 for me. Where was he for you, Callum? Number six. Wow, that is high. Do you know where he was for me? Yeah. 15. Oh, there we go. Nice. Yeah. Why was he so high on yours, Callum? I think he got over that odd feud with Miz and Morrison at the start of 2021. And he's just been dominant ever since. You know, get you know, he got past those silly zombies, zombies at whichever show that was. And then pretty much for the second half of 2021, he's been in or around that US title picture and has just been a dominant US champion. I mean, I can't I can't actually think how many times he has lost a match, you know, at least by pinfall, which shows you how dominant he's been booked. And if we're doing this list more on you know, who's won the most matches or who's looked the strongest throughout the year, then that's why I've got Damien Priest so high up. And I just think he's an, an, another NXT star, similar in a way to Riddle, that's fortunately been protected and been booked to the level that he can be booked at. And I think 
come this year, come 2022, we're going to see him in that world title picture. And if we're still around in a year's time, Christian's obviously going to be number one for Adam, but Damian Priest could be really high up on our overall list for 2022. Yes, I I can't really say any more than what you've said. I think um, I think his kind of test less was not so much a title, but it was the uh, it was the being teamed with Bad Bunny. I think um, when he got teamed with Bad Bunny and it went over so well, and everyone was loving it so much, and he just was a, a top guy, like, and he, he really looked after um, Bad Bunny in the ring and, and um, it got himself over and the celebrity idea and everything else. Um, I think that was the thing that was like, okay, well, for doing that, we're going to put the US title on him. And I think as soon as he drops that US title, as we've alluded to a lot, Adam is convinced he's winning the, um, the Royal Rumble. So... Um, do you think he'd break your top 10 for next year? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I do think he's going to win the Rumble. I think he's probably going to end up facing probably Rollins when Rollins beats Big E, because I think that's the way that that's going to go. Um, although this kind of character turn that they've done where he's getting a little bit nastier and stuff, maybe it might be that he's just going to go full-born heel and face Big E at Mania. Um yeah. But I think that, yeah, you're totally right that he's going to drop the US title at some point um, because his trajectory towards the main event is going to carry on. I think he was a very welcome addition to the Royal Rumble this year. Um, I think, and like you you guys have both said, him and Bad Bunny at Mania put him on a stage very quickly. And, you know, he was, he was great for it. And, you know, it did great for him and great for his character. And he's just been solid all year. And there's just something about him that I like. And, you know, I mean, I know that I only put him at 15 because I think, to be honest, that was just looking at him being United States champion and him having that kind of, for lack of a better word, basic first year on the main roster, but the right kind of first year that then gets you somewhere else in your second year. Um, and again, again, right now is my is my early pick for Royal Rumble winner. Well, when this goes out, it won't be that early, but yeah. No, it won't be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, number seven. Is drum roll Big E? Where did they just put Big E? Uh, nine for me. Ten. I put. Uh, this is going to be my controversial one. I put him in at sixteen. Ooh. Yeah. Why so? Why so high? Uh, what? Yeah. Why so high up or low down? Yeah. So. I think his singles run has obviously worked. It's obviously clicked because he's now world champion or as of our time of this recording, he is world champion. Um, But I almost felt that the first half of 2021, nothing really came out of it. He was IC champion, had that never-ending feud with Apollo, which led to a... An African drum match at WrestleMania. Nigerian drum fight. (laughs) Sorry, yeah, Nigerian, yes. And yeah, you know, the, the gong wasn't even used, which I think was the, the biggest mistake ever. Um, but yeah, the, the first few months up until Money in the Bank, he wasn't doing enough for me to be considered as a top star on SmackDown. And then he won Money in the Bank. And honestly, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, who won the men's and women's Money in the Bank this year? And I legitimately couldn't remember either of them. And then I had to almost like check. I think, Oh, yeah, so Nikki won the women's. What happened to her? <clears throat> oh, gosh, she hasn't really done much since. And then I was thinking, who won the men's? And I'm thinking, who's the current male champion? Oh, it's Big Oh, Big E won it. And honestly, like, for some reason, it just went over my head that he won money in the bank. And I think that's more of an indicator of, of my stupid brain for some reason and <laughs> lack, of, lack of remembering things, um, except Marcus Gorvon's theme tune. Um, than anything else but I just feel the first half of his year wasn't as solid as the second half and I'm a bit concerned where his world title run is going and I'm not sure where his position on the card will come in 2022 yeah Yeah. I think it's one of them where like right now for this year I think it's great Like, and I think he's like to make that step to the to the world title is is a good step, and it was it was warranted and needed, and 
all these things. But yeah, I kind of I'm the same in the sense that <clears throat> I worry about where he'll be next year. Like, will he be just a transitional champ where it's like he won the money in the bank and we want to give him the title? And then once he's had the title one time, it's it's just it's forgotten about and he's back to the mid card. Like <clears throat> not to be too cruel about it, but a bit like uh, Kofi. Kofi's kind of he won the title, he did this thing, everyone had to feel good moments. Now he's back in the tag team and it's sort of like forgotten. Not forgotten about, but it's you wouldn't automatically assume he's a former world champ because hmm. he's just doing what he did before he won it, which wasn't bad and still isn't bad, but at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, we've done that, let's move on. And I I, I can't see Kofi winning the title again. I, mm. I'm not sure if I can see Big E as a multi-time world champ yet, anyway. Um, but I'd like to be proved wrong, I would say. So, yeah. Um uh, number six. Any guesses? Bianca Belair. Lashley. <clears throat> and number six. Who has appeared on all this, by the way? Is oh, one of you was right. It's Bobby Ooh. Lashley. Hey. Oh. He was my number eight. Was he? Who where was he on yours, Colin? Um well it's he was 17. 17? Wow. That's controversial. 17. I mean, I don't particularly like him, but I've got to acknowledge that he's had a good year. He's so I think he's, he's had a good year. He's had a, he's had the opposite year for me to what Big E has had. So, so instead of Big E being dominant second half of the year compared to the first, Lashley was dominant for the first six months of 2021. You know, how, beating... Beating Drew, so he beat the Miz, didn't he? Beat the Miz, yeah. Then, then beat Drew at Mania, and then the World Title Run was solid. But it felt like he was always facing the same opponent in Drew for yeah. those first few months of that title ring, and it was still good because the Hurt Business at that time, whilst they were were split at that point, it was still working. The the connection that he had with with MB, MVP was still good. But then come SummerSlam and come the time that he lost the title bit to Big E. He's just kind of felt like he's just there on that raw roster. He needs, I mean, to be honest, I'd like to see him go babyface and switch over to SmackDown and get him versus Roman at some point. Because I think that would yeah. be completely different. And you know, even in, like the the promo battle between MVP and Heyman would click as well. Mm. But I think to think where Lashley was a couple of years ago in the Love Triangle or even the Love Quartet, if you include Liv Morgan. With Lashley and Lana, Lashley, Lana, and Rusev, to, to where he's come in the past twelve months is is astounding. Um, so he's still, I mean, he's had a great twenty twenty one because he's made our top ten. But I think the second half of twenty twenty one hasn't been as solid as the first half, which is why I had to put him lower down on the list because he's not had the overall yeah. year of some other talent. I think well, he was number four on mine, which is Ooh. quite high. Um, and that was because mainly to do with like WrestleMania, I think. Mm. If you gotta think, we were talking about WrestleMania on this podcast, and it, at no point before Lashley won that title was anyone thinking Lashley's gonna be champion. Yeah, like it just wasn't a thing, it wasn't factored into anybody's plans or anything. And then all of a sudden, he just came out of nowhere, won the title, and kept the title through WrestleMania. Like that's insane. So I think he definitely needs to be on the list. And mm. to be completely honest with you, yeah, I think he should be in the top five. So mm. yeah, Adam, what are you thinking? Again, he's just you know winning the title early on in the year, um, kind of keeping it through um, until Biggie's cashing in and stuff. And if I'm honest, I think Biggie's cashing was fast tracked. Um, mm, yeah, because I remember there was a whole thing about WWE trying to get ratings and all that kind of stuff, and they and that they you know they had Biggie tweet that he was going to do it and all that kind of stuff. But I think in terms of his character, he is 
this year been the person that we I think we all expected him to be when he first came back. And it's kind of taken him a while to get there. You know, he was kind of doing Intercontinental title stuff and all these other bits. But then him winning the world title, it, it seemed to just fit finally in WWE mm. because I know that he was multiple-time Impact champion and all that kind of stuff. And now you look at him now and it's like, yeah, this is Bobby Lashley. He's a main eventer in WWE and that's kind of who he is, yeah. you know, and that, that year. Like, I couldn't not put him in. Yeah. I think he was a solid champ as well. Like, although... He fought kind of the same people over and over. He, um, it wasn't, it wasn't like forced. It felt mm. like, yeah, this like I think that's the thing with Big E. Big E still doesn't quite suit the world title. Bobby Lashley did straight away. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, yeah, yeah this makes sense. But, um, yeah. So there you go. Um, we have a joint number five. Ooh. Um, right. So, our joint number five. Oh, that's interesting. Um, our joint number five is Brian Danielson and MJF. Wow. Wow. Where did, <laughs> you, where did you put Daniel Bryan? Or Brian Danielson? He's my four. Four? Yeah. Where's he on yours? Number three. Three? Right, where yeah. is he on yours? 19. Why? Because <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't, like, he hasn't done that much. He's just went no, to hang on. No, he didn't. He was in the main event of WrestleMania. Oh, actually, yeah. Okay, Don't forget much. that. This can, is the can thing. We just, when can I we first just... thought about him, I thought, am I being too nice here? And I'm putting him down because he's had a couple of good matches in AEW. And then I thought, actually, no, think back. He was a top contender in the Rumble. And then he was he, he he won the Elimination Chamber. He then was in the main event of night two of WrestleMania against Edge and Roman Reigns, and then yeah. carried on that. And then it was only when he petered away because his contract expired that then he pops up in AEW. So I think mm. in terms of a year, he's had a phenomenal one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Actually, I mean, can we just cut out Adam's rant from like part one? And stick it in this point as well, and just like, just say, Christian, Daniel, um, yeah. Brian. Every time he says Christian, we will have one of us called Daniel Brian, <laughs> Brian Danielson. <laughs> I always put Brian Danielson at three and Daniel Brian at four, just to see if that was going to work. Um, if I could get away with it, but I mean, as Adam said, he main evented WrestleMania, and then from that he had the, the great match against Reigns on an episode of SmackDown, which. Know, proved to be his final match in WWE on this run. And then, obviously, he went away from it for a few months. I think just the assumption was that he was going to AEW. His contract was up, and it was, it was kind of just waiting for, for it to happen. So him yeah. debuting at the end of All Out was huge, because it, it felt to me that it was... Uh, well, it obviously just came after Punk, but it felt like the biggest signing AEW had made from an ex-WWE talent coming in. It felt like it was that first, not not shot, you know, shot of aggression against the, your, your rival, but it was that first big, you know, shift in 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 promotion to where it was like, AW have got not just CM Punk, but they've got Brian Danielson, one of the biggest wrestlers in like the last twenty years practically, and one of the most recognizable names in WWE for the last decade, and he's now working for a different company. And he just fit straight away. Like there was no, there was no period of where he kind of like came in, had a couple of matches, thinking, "This is a little bit odd. It's a bit off." He came instantly back and is back in that main event picture straight away, and had that match against Omega, the time limit draw that our, our very own Mike was at at um, AEW Grand Slam, and now he's as as we're recording in the main title picture again, about to face off probably with Hangman Page. And I just think this is a man who six, seven years ago, we never imagined, similar in a way to Edge, would never be wrestling again. And now we're seeing him be the biggest star or one of the biggest stars on this, you know, this new upstart company leading that into the next generation. I'm surprised that Rich didn't nudge you and go, are you sure about this? 19. Yeah. <laughs> 
loves Daniel Bryan. I don't know. I think I ju- I'm just not feeling him in AEW. I think, and, and to be honest, I have purely based it on AEW, so I do apologize. Um, but I just don't really rate it. I've said this on the podcast before. I'm not really feeling him because the whole thing that made him like endearing and me wanting to watch, and the thing about him was that he was like this underdog, and he's not that in AEW, so he's just a bit like. I don't know. He's not. I think I'm a fan of Daniel Bryan. I'm less of a fan of Bryan Danielson, which is ridiculous. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I just haven't really felt like he's blown me away in AEW. I don't know why. He just that's the way it, the way it is. So I was like, I want to put him in there because it needs acknowledging, but. At the same time, me. But yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't factor in as being in WWE this year, which is probably the downfall of why he's ended up where he's ended up. If you like, um, at least he wasn't Christian. At least, at least he just made out the list. <laughs> well, we can't turn that into what he's year. Could be worse. Could be Christian. <laughs> Can't be. Whatever. <laughs> Imagine walking around the Asda with that. <laughs> no, we're saying that like your t-shirt's going to have I've got a green hair, bitch, on the back yeah, of it. Yeah. Man's yeah. going to be like I heart Christian. Yeah, I heart Christian. I might, I might. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not making a t-shirt that says. Callum's is going to be <laughs> blank. He's winning the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and the sausage king of Nottingham. Yeah, yeah, comes with a pen to write your own thing. <laughs> like, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I've got on to say, but I'm glad he's in the top five for you guys. What about MJF? Where did you put him? Um, where was he on mine? I think he was my number 10. He was six on mine. Yeah, he was uh, number 10 on mine. Yeah, he was yeah. 10 on mine. So I we didn't up. share lists, by the way, Ty. Are you sure? Well, no, we definitely didn't. Definitely <laughs> didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's just like he's just killed it, Annie. He? Like his promo and his like every time he's in the ring, you know, you're like you're in for a treat, basically. I think with MJF, um, he's solid in the ring, and he's even solider on the mic. Like he is, he's so good. Um, and really, really like it. it on the surface of it, it looks like he does the same thing everywhere. And I think he's really versatile and can, like, fit in anywhere. He's one of them wrestlers who, like, if he was first on the card and feuding with, like, an upstart, if you like. Like, he was feuding with um, Brian Pillman Jr. But then if he got put into the main event and was fighting Hangman Page for the title, you'd be like, yeah, fair play. Like, he wouldn't, he isn't anywhere that he wouldn't fit. And that's what you want out of somebody like that. And he's not even 30 yet. Like, oh, just disgusting. Insane. Like, absolutely insane. I've been an MJF fan since he was in MLW. Um, and he's just got better and better and better every single year. Like, he's so good. He's, um, he's without a doubt, like, world championship material. Hmm. I would go so far as to say he's he reminds me a little bit of a of an early Ric Flair. I think I get like that vibe from mm. like he's just a solid promo guy. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised he wasn't the one to beat Derby for the TNT title. Mm. Yeah. You know what though? I think they're keeping him away from the TNT title because I don't think because he's still undefeated. In a sense, they seem to be keeping him away of uh, just out of the way of tiles generally. Yeah. You know, um, he's undefeated in um, oh, as of recording this, he's undefeated in singles and um, singles singles competition. So I think they've kept him away from the TNT title because they want to make him the world champ, but they don't yeah. want him. They want, I think they want him to be undefeated. Right. I think that's what I'm going with because the. Again, you know, we keep kind of crossing streams with these people, but Cold Holic were talking about um, who could be like the first triple crown in AEW, who would be the yeah. first person that could go across all three. And they were talking about like they can imagine MJF doing it because even if he was just tag team champion with Wardlow, you know, yeah. 
Um, and they think that, like, you know, you're someone like Jungle Boy as well would be someone that do that. Jungle Boy as well is somebody who, because you were talking about the four pillars, is mm. I wanted him, to, I wanted to put him on my list. Mm. But I just thought I have this weird thing with Jungle Boy where I think I just have a soft spot for him. But he his year hasn't really been stand out. He's had a couple of big wins here and there. But then they do this weird thing where they put him on his own and feature him in a big grand way. And then they kind of drip him back a bit and put him back in yeah. the Jurassic Express and stuff. Mm. But yeah. I think Jungle Boy should be on our list just for being able to say he's dunking on a J. I'll be honest. That makes it a top year. What a disgusting way to <laughs> <laughs> bring that I mean, in. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to say that he's Sideshow <laughs> Luke Perry's son. <laughs> nope. Just because he's dunking on a J. That's it. That's, that's the only thing. Um, yeah, I, I do think, like, I think these people say these four pillars of uh, AEW, I think these five. Um, and I would hazard the guess that um, the fifth person is on our list somewhere in the next four, I'll be honest. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, MJF is, is absolutely world title material, like, without a doubt. And I think, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. To be to be fair, if I was putting money on somebody doing the triple crown, um, it'd be Darby Allen. I think. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. I think that he's just got that With way sting. about him. Yeah, him and Sting. But do you know what? MJF and Sean Spears would make a boss tag team. Yeah. And I think they like them too, and then Wardlow being kind of like the muscle. I think that would really work. Um. Yeah, so number four, I think we may know who number four is already. Um, again, on all of our lists, that is Britt Baker. D, M, D. Where was she on your list, Adam? Uh, six. Six is good. Callum? Thirteen, unlucky number thirteen. Thirteen? She was five on mine. Jeez, thirteen? Why Where did you have Rollins? Uh, four, of course. <laughs> where, did you, where did you have Christian? Oh my god! Two. <laughs> where he deserved to be. I think I, I've put a couple of AEW talent. I, I, I said whilst Adam was out the room that I've tried to split it ten and ten, so I have ten WWE, ten AEW. But because of my my, my own lack of getting into AEW until recently, that's why people like. Hangman Page, even like Darby, MJF, and in this case, Britt Baker, have ranked lower down the list compared to some WWE talent because of me not watching as more of AEW as I want to. Yeah, I um, get, yeah. But to me, Britt Baker is... This this be unfair on the rest of the female talent in that roster. She is that top tier of women's wrestler in that company, and she is the only person who's currently in that top tier. Everyone else is in different levels below her so hopefully come 2022 they build th- those female stars like Statlander, Anna Jay, Ty Conti and they go up on the same tier as Britt Baker because right now Britt has Ruby. basically got everything please sorry Ruby yeah, yes but I would not, still say that Britt's but above Britt's still above Ruby, Ruby. Oh yeah, yeah. What else is not, that? not not what Adam's daughter Ruby she's not like the youngest my Ruby a bouncer <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I mean I think it's been evident that Brit has been set for stardom within AEW she was really you know focused on as soon as that was launched as a company and I think it took her a while to find her to find her character and to find where she, where she wanted to go there because I think at the start everyone's thinking well who's this Brit Baker she's not really done much outside of outside of AEW so it took her around like six months to a year to finally find that role, but now she's she's in it. She is she's above everyone else, even Ruby. Sorry, Ty. <laughs> I think um, I think when the um, turn to heel, she was like off to the races. I think that was yeah. it. And I think keeping her on TV when she uh, did her ankle in with the uh, on the on the back of the thing with Rebel or Reba, um, I think all that stuff like added to like the character building of who is this person 
And I think you should do more of that when you're injured. You should be able to stick around and maybe not wrestle, but still do what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? And still develop that camera, uh, that, that character side of it on, on camera. Um, so you can like get a new facet of your like of what you're doing. And then when you are when you do get back in the ring, you can either be that really good heel or that really good face that people really want to see it in the ring because they haven't for so long, but you're still on the TV every week. Um, I think that, to be honest, probably should be the way it works all the time, but unfortunately it doesn't. Um, yeah, I think Britt Baker is, is head and shoulders above above the rest of them. Um, just, the, just, uh, just the way she carries herself and the way she does things, she's got, she's got her gimmick down more so than anybody else. She knows exactly who she is and she knows how to get heat and she knows how to um, do what she's doing and to get all the stuff in. And yeah, she's just, yeah. There's no, there's nothing bad I can say about it, I'll be honest. And that lights out match with Dunder Rosa was something else. Absolutely something else. If you haven't seen it, you should go and watch it. It's, it's mental. Um. We're into our top three, guys. You nervous? No. <laughs> Intrigued. Intrigued. Okay. Our number three is... Bianca Belair. Yeah, I expected that. I'm shocked at that. Are you? A little bit, yeah. Where, where was she on your list? She was my number three. Was she your number three? Mm. Um, Callum, where was she? Number seven. Number seven? Oh, she was number nine on mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, she would have actually been lower, I'll be honest with you. Wow. Um, But yeah, I think she's had a better year than Big E. So I was like, mm. <laughs> I'll, switch, I'll switch them around. I'll switch them around. Um, three's high, isn't it? You think? It? I mean... Um... Winner of the Royal Rumble, main event of WrestleMania night one. I mean, I see what you're saying. I suppose it's not high. It's just like, bloody hell. But well, then again, did... like, absolutely storming rain. Yeah. And then sadly damp squibbed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she is, uh, she's undoubtedly a bona fide superstar. Like, yeah. She is, without a doubt, the future of the women's division. In a couple of years, there's going to be a trivia question. And here's one for you, Callum, to hold mm-hmm. back for when we forget about it. True yeah. or false, was Bianca Bella NXT Women's Champion? False. And there's going to be a lot of people that Sorry just go, yeah, of course she was. Yeah. No, there's going to be a lot of people that go, yeah, of course she was, of course she was. Yeah. And it's going to be, no, she wasn't. She's that rare example of somebody who came up from NXT and has actually done better on the main roster. Hmm. It's just, yeah, she. it's one of them, it's hard to falter, I think. And also, yeah. I found out the other day that that's a real hair. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that's mm. a real hair. That blew my I mind. I mean, the sound of that whip at Mania, oh, like, God. my God. <laughs> like, they must have, like, done something to the end of it, like, waxed the end of it or something. Oh, they must have, yeah. So like, but when then it proper in, got her, didn't it? Like yeah, you can like, see on the side of her. Yeah, he must have done something that like, because that can't just be hair at the end that's made that noise and that that mark on Sasha. He must have like done something because it was a proper like horse whip crack, weren't it? Like yeah, like, whoppa! No wait, that's how <laughs> it was. Um... <laughs> whoppa! <laughs> it was like. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Chandler. <laughs> I just twenty-year-old joke. <laughs> that way, it wasn't off. That kids who were like listening to this, like, what? But I don't get it. <laughs> um, who the hell is Chandler? What are you looking <laughs> um, So yeah, I, yeah, I think it's hard to fault her in anything that she's done. I'll be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think just after SummerSlam. It's kind of, yeah, she's kind of floundered a little bit since yeah. she's been moved over. But um, I think she'll, like, build that back up on Raw and then she'll end up getting redemption on Becky 
And I think she'll be the person to take the title off Becky. Double Rumble winner? Mm, maybe. That's, that's stealing my gimmick, Adam. Maybe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on Bianca Callum? I think the first seven, eight months of 2021, you know, as we've already alluded to, was so solid. You know, the Rumble win, main eventing mania. And then, you know, even, yes, she lost the title at SummerSlam. It was still a big moment. More for Becky returning and, you know, it's against against Bianca. But mm. she, it was still that moment that she had. And we've, we've been talking about like, the, the pillars of AEW and you can look at like, the pillars of the the women's division in WWE when when they're all around. It's obviously Sasha, Becky, Bailey, Charlotte. And then I think you look at that next level and Bianca is right at the front of that tier, you know, ahead of anyone else that's still around in the company. Bianca is that that wrestler who's, I think, you know, about to break into that top four very soon. If not, she's not even there. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. like, in a, like a year's time, again, she would have, we were talking about Big E, you know, being a multi-time world champion and us perhaps not seeing that happening. I can certainly see Bianca being a multi-time women's champion. You know, as Adam said, she could easily win the Rumble, face Becky and beat Becky at Mania. And it brings that whole story back full circle. So there's, there's no doubt that, that Bianca is you know, going to be a future women's champion again and will continue to have lengthy reigns, much like her first one. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, pretty much exactly what you say. It's one, it's one of them where I think um, it'll be an interesting story if Becky keeps dodging her. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then she's got to do certain things to kind of get the title shot. Because Becky's like, well, I've already beat you. I've already beat you. Do you know what I mean? So... Um, yeah, I think that would be quite interesting. Um, number two, who are, we, who are we thinking? I think it's Omega. Just I'm pretty think. sure it's Omega. Hmm. Well, it can only be, surely, it can only be Omega or Rangers, one and two. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me I Shirley. Don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't think me putting Billy Gunn as number one is going to do much. <laughs> no, I don't either. Um, okay, let's do this. I'm excited. I genuinely don't know. <laughs> like, I'm super excited. <laughs> um, right, number two is. Oh my God, Jay Hager. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, is Kenny Christian. Omega? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've uh, we've added them up wrong. We've sorted it out. He's number two. Yeah, Kenny Omega is number two. Um, which I I still can't see it, but the assumption would be that number one will be Roman Reigns. Um, so in fact, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna reveal number one, and then we can kind of like talk about why. Yeah. I'll make it so. Yeah. Right. So our number one on the SLT twenty <laughs> um, of the uh, most influential, best year, best matches, best promos, all that stuff. Number one has come out as Roman Reigns, as everybody would expect. Um, Was he everyone's number one? <clears throat> yes. He was yeah. yeah. So where was was Kenny everyone's number two? No, no, because Christian was my number two. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> oh god, this again. Oh no. Kenny was my number two. So my number one and two. Um, see, no, I'm interested now. Callum, where was Kenny on yours? Uh number two. So where he was, was my number your... five? Oh. Because I had Danielson is four, Bianca is three, Christian is two. So potentially, if I would have moved Bianca up slightly, she could have potentially been number two. Bianca might have been number two. Yeah. Yeah. If she would have been a bit higher. Because mm. mm. I don't know what the points were. I don't know how the points broke down, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So why why did why range number one and why Kenny number two? Why not the other way around? 
I think going back to what I was mentioning before about when you guys put the Usos in, that Reigns this year has been insane. Like it, he is the first champion in a while, and I think I think there's a couple of things here where I think because of us being smarts and knowing things and whatever, that we know that it's going to take a lot for people to beat Reigns. And yeah. that realistically, the way that they're booking him is that no one's going to beat him for an extremely long amount of time. Yes. But I think what they've managed to do is they've balanced that. They've balanced, they know, they know that there are going to be people out there like us who know that. And I think they've balanced that with that kind of childlike wonder and awe of kids must see Roman Reigns as the most unstoppable person on that roster. And no matter who it is that you put in front of them, the kids go, no, no one's going to beat Reigns. And I've not felt that since somebody like Triple H being champion in 2003, where you're always always going, I wonder who it is who's going to beat him. I wonder who it is who's going to beat him. Is it Goldberg that's going to beat him? But then Goldberg didn't beat him at SummerSlam. And then, because again, you know, everyone knows I'm a teacher. There are a couple of kids in year eight who what I know I'm, I'm not just Christian Cage fan. Um, there's a there's a couple of kids in one of my year eight classes who watch wrestling, and I spoke to them as we record this this week, and I said, "What do you think about Roman Reigns being the only person who won at, at Survivor Series from SmackDown?" Um, and he said, "Well, of course he was going to watch Roman Reigns. Like Roman Reigns is the best. No one's going to beat Roman Reigns." And he his kind of verbiage to me in the way that he was saying that is that he fully believes that no one can beat Roman Reigns. Mm. And I think that's just a success of the way that they've booked him. And I think that yeah, for as much as you're going to put people like Cesaro in front of him and, you know, you're going to bring Edge back out and stuff, I reckon, right, that kid, if I was to ask him at SummerSlam, he genuinely would have thought, like, I, I, I don't know who's going to win between Cena and Reigns. Like, yeah. I think genuinely that would have been his response. Um, and that is, again, a success of the way that they've done it. The way that he's above Omega is because I feel like they were doing something with Omega where it was like belt collector and he was winning everything and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, if I'm honest, and this I don't know if this is a controversial opinion, I think the whole Omega hangman page has been great and has been such long gestating and you know it's been a long payoff but I don't think they should have pulled the trigger on it as soon as they did because they did the whole thing of like waiting and waiting and no you're not getting the match or you're getting the match and you're losing it and all that kind of stuff and then he goes away but then Hangman's first match back he wins the number one contender and then his first match where he faces the champion he wins the title and now I don't know if I would have sooner have done that another match down the line or even just not had him win number one contender straight away. Mm. Like build something around a little bit more. So I think, but I mean, I know that's a criticism of the way that they booked it rather than like Omega's year and stuff. Um, but again, I just think, I think there's something about Reigns that is just clicking for me right now. And it's almost that I am, Sounding a little bit ungrateful and a little bit spoiled by going, I expected Omega to have the year that he had. I didn't expect Reigns to have the, the year that he had. Yes, I can, I can agree. I think <clears throat> the thing about Reigns is, uh, I he's never been, not never been, but for a long, like a long amount of years, he hasn't been somebody who has done the things that Roman Reigns has done, the way Roman Reigns is doing it. Roman, everything Roman Reigns does feels real. And that never really happens anymore. Like, Roman Reigns is 100% a champion. He's not playing champion. He's not playing wrestler. He's not, like, he's not working this gimmick that he, like, kind of gets and he kind of doesn't get. This is just, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do what Reigns does. That's it. Like, he understands it completely. And in 
as we're talking about it, psychicism is he is protected quite a lot with the idea of uh, Heyman always being there to like cut a promo and the Usos always being there to kind of be back up and to kind of uh, always have someone to bounce off, which always makes sense and is always good. But there hasn't been a run like Reigns for the only the only thing that I could say, the only person I could say that came close in a completely different way is early John Cena or mid John Cena, where no one's had a reign like it, where it's like this is this is legit. This is good. This is like history making. People are going to be talking about this reign for a long, long time. Um I think the only downfall is as the we seem to like to do is that they've sort of booked them into a corner. So unless they know exactly where they're going with it and who's going to take the belt off them, I don't know who could be that guy, I'll be honest. Um, but that's another story for another podcast. I think the reason he came out on top of Omega is essentially what you've just said, Adam, which is no one expected Reigns to be this mega heel. I think that's the that's the thing that no one got. I think Kenny Omega's year is the year AEW wanted him to have because they knew he's he's got to be coming to the point where he's winding down, and they knew they wanted to have a solid year with Kenny Omega on top to be like AEW in two thousand one, uh, two thousand twenty one. That was Omega's year, like whether he comes back and wrestles four times in a year or he becomes back and doesn't wrestle at all or whatever it may be, he, he wanted them to have that dominant year where it's like he is our main event player and when it comes down to it, he's going into our Hall of Fame and this is why. Do you know what I mean? It's one of them situations. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think you saying he's had the year he's expecting to, yeah, pretty much. That's it. Do you know what I mean? And I think I think the Roman Reigns thing was such a shock when it first happened. And to carry it on for as long as they've carried it on, and it's still to be compelling and still to be interesting and still to like want you to tune into SmackDown is an absolute triumph for Roman Reigns. And I will say, I've been a Roman Reigns fan for a long, long time. And it's nice to see everybody see what I see. I'll be honest, because <laughs> even when he was like beating the Undertaker and people were like booing him out the building and that, it's like I've said it on a re- on a podcast before this one. Reigns elevates people to his level. He doesn't drop down. Like he has the best matches with people because he is the best person in the ring. He elevated like maybe not a Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar does do some of that himself and he does carry it himself but Braun Strowman he elevated to his level like Braun Strowman's best rivalry is with Roman Reigns and always will be like Cesaro had some of the best matches Kevin Owens had some of his best matches and he does this weird thing of in your head you know that he's probably not going to get beat but he makes you feel like oh this person could beat him do you know what I mean? And the only other person who I know who can do that is the Undertaker. Mm. Who can be like, we're going to have such a good match that people are going to be watching the 21st time that I have defended this streak at WrestleMania and I'm going to make them think that you're going to beat me because I'm that good. You're not, mm. but I'm going to make them think it for a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, nobody that's, uh, that's something that nobody else can really do a very hand, a few handful of like handful of old school wrestlers have got that in them, and Reigns has got that in. Where it's like, I can make you believe that something's going to happen that isn't going to happen, and that's an impressive thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, Cal, tell me about uh, Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega. I think we, as the three of us, have known that Roman Reigns is special. You know, you've been a fan of his since, you know, 2015, probably before that. And, you know, I've been a fan of his alongside, you know, the rest of the Shield members since about 2012, 2013. So we've yeah. known 
we've known that this guy is good and this guy can be something different and can be something that can lead this company into the next next decade. But it probably wasn't until 2020 and then at the start of 2021 when the rest of the fans almost caught up with what we already knew, that he was special. You know, because everyone else was just thought, oh, this Reigns guy's face isn't clicking. As soon yeah. as he switched from face to heel, that's when it started. And people were thinking, why haven't we got this since 2017 when we beat Undertaker? You know, this is what we've wanted for such a long time. And now we have it. And we're finally seeing how good he can be. And I think if we were doing this list on best wrestler, you know, just best matches in 2021, Omega would probably top that list. But because we're doing it more on overall, so in-ring, character, promo, every feud that he has had, Reigns tops that list for me. You know, the start of the year, I can't believe it's been a year since we saw Reigns versus Owens at Royal Rumble. I think our first podcast was talking about a Reigns-Owens match, which we knew that Reigns was going to win. But still, we thought in the back of our heads, thinking, well, what if Owens were to win it? And that's what Reigns has done ever since he turned heel. You know, he had the matches against Jey Uso where you thought, well, Reigns is clearly winning, but he elevated Uso along that way. And same in a way with Kevin Owens to where Owens got himself back in that main event picture for that period. And he was elevated because of that association with Reigns. Same to an extent with, with Brian and Edge. You know, they, they got a rub almost of being associated with Reigns. And we've seen that as the year's gone on. You know, Cesaro, Cesaro versus Reigns. Reigns is clearly winning, but this is a big match for Cesaro to have. And he's shot in that match because of Reigns. And we've seen it, you know, even before 2019 with Strowman. And you just feel anyone that has that opportunity to go with Reigns will have a match worthy of that main event. Like Montez Ford. Now, at the start of 2021, we'd never picture Montez Ford having a match with Roman Reigns. And he had that match. And he was good. And Montez Ford got over from being in a match with Reigns. So, and and that's just the work that the, the heel always has to do. You know, you're almost supposed to make the babyface look good in defeat when the heel is so dominant as Reigns has been. And that's why Reigns has to be number one because he's, you know, not just been the most dominant champion that I've seen in my, you know, wrestling lifetime. He's also been able to put over faces to look strong in defeat, which is something we so rarely see out of a heel champion. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's a hard, it's, I think we've all kind of made the same point that it's like, this is, um, it's kind of, it's a toss up between the two. But deep down, we kind of know it rains. Does that make sense? Mm. So, um, yeah, I think it's a um, it's kind of a given that Rangers is going to be number one. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Omega very possibly could have uh, could have been right there as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, it would have been interesting if we had other promotions in it, I think, mm. and to see where other promotions would have felt, where it would have thingies. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think going into this, as we said right at the start of the 20, we were kind of, um, we were kind of like, we all knew who one and two was, straight away, or at least mm. one was, straight away. So, I think it's easy to kind of build around that. Um, so I'm gonna go. What I'm gonna do is before we uh, before we drop off, um, what I'm gonna do is right. Our top ten um, is less controversial than our, <laughs> <laughs> our twenty to eleven. Um, so number ten, we've got the Usos. Number nine, we've got Becky Lynch. Uh, number eight, we've got Damian Priest. Number seven, we've got Big E. Number six, we've got Bobby Lashley. Number five, we've got Brian Daniel. Uh, yeah, Brian Danielson and um, MJF. Number four, we've got Britt Baker. Number three, we've got Bianca Belair. Number two, we've got Kenny Omega. And number one, we've got Roman Reigns. I think that's pretty, like, that's... But a year in review of superstars... I'll be honest, that isn't a bad shout for the top 10. You know what I mean? I think it's very, 
or every every position is warranted in where they are and yeah. why they're in the top ten. I think um, this was a fun one, man. We like I enjoyed it. We should maybe do some more of them towards the end of next year if we're still doing this. Well, I was I was thinking, why don't we just say one name each? Who will be our number one at the end of twenty twenty two? I had the same idea, Calm. Okay, okay. Um, go on then. Uh, Adam, seeing as though you've had the same idea. Um, I've not thought about it, but I have the idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, who do I think is going to be our number one for 2020? Um, I'm going to say Brian Danielson. Okay. How? I don't think the reign of reign is ending. Roman Reigns. I am going to have to agree with Callum and say Roman Reigns. I think still think Roman Reigns is going to be right there on top. Um, yeah, I think he's just he's just money, isn't he? Um, mm. But yeah, that'd be quite quite interesting. We should we should try and um, extend it. Or same for um, and maybe next year we we'll do matches as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, matches of the year that'll be good. Um, so yeah. Any uh, any last words for our top ten? No, I just think it'd be interesting to see again where everyone is. You know, are, are yeah. people still in the same company? Um, and then if you know when we do it again, where where are new people going to be? Yes. Who are the new people? Yeah. Where's Bron Breaker? I was just about to say. <laughs> I think Bron Breaker will be in our top ten. <laughs> Imagine! Wow. Johnny Gargano could be AEW world champ by next year. He could. Could be. Jesus. Um, yeah, we're going to throw it round the table super quick, as always. Uh, Adam, where can we find you? On Twitter, at Adam Farrand. Um, tell me what you thought of my list. Tell me if you agree that Christian should have been in our joint list much higher. Um, yeah. <laughs> Callum. Where can we, uh, where yeah, can... you can you can follow me on Twitter at Calamo ninety eight. Um, we're now after Christmas. Um, no idea what my New Year's resolution is. So I haven't created one yet. Um, okay. I think actually to watch more AEW. There you go. Nice. Um, I am of course the Tybo Ledson. Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Um, say hey. I might not look like I'm there a lot, but tweet me. I'll tweet you back. Um, and of course, follow SLTD Wrestling wherever you follow anything. Um, and of course, hit up SLTDWrestling.com for all your SLTD needs and wrestling opinions and podcasts and writing and everything else in between. Um, yeah, it was a fun one, and I'm uh, I'm happy we did this one. I really am. Um, as always, stay safe. Stay entertained and watch the wrestling that you want to watch. And we will catch you next time. Bye.